You are listening to a sermon by Pastor Christopher Sally of New Life Christian Fellowship Church. It dawned on me uh, sometime during the middle of the week as I was thinking about this sermon series and 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 preparing for this particular message that uh, in the Learning to Love series, which is where I, I was saying that these messages fit, uh, I keep referring back to a sermon series that I preached 17 years ago in called one way God's way. Um, that's where some of these messages were originally, uh, preached. And I, and I, and I think the Lord kind of laid on my heart to kind of recast the learning to love as a series that, that is complete. And in this one way, God's way is, is a new series, which allows us to explore a couple of more topics that don't necessarily, uh, no, necessarily fit in the learning to love series. So that's just for your edification and mine, just to know that we're actually in a new series. We, we, we've been in a new series for a few weeks now, and it really is. We're going back to it's one way to do things. It's one way and it's God's way. And in, and in that one way, God's way perspective, we have discussed uh, these relationships between husbands and wives and now parents and children. Amen. And so we'll continue to look at, uh, um, the relationship. It, uh, there's only one way to, to live as a single person. Amen. And that's really why I, I, I felt a need to kind of, uh, change the series and, and to be able to incorporate the relationship that singles have in, in, in this one way, God's way, and also uh, how we interact in the workplace and then how we interact in the church. There's some, some things that we can pick up that don't necessarily lend themselves to the learning to love series, but God laid that on my heart. So bringing out the best in your children, part three, as we get deeper into this this subject about parents and children it, it just continues to i don't want to say it like this but it just continue, the lord just continues to impress upon me the relationship that he has with us as our parent and we're his children and if we can understand as parents what God goes through as a parent and then parent like God parents will be all right. Amen. Amen. And so understanding that what we're trying to develop and see in our children is the same thing that God is trying to develop and see in us. It should really help us to, to know that we are, as we parent our children, that we're being parented by our God. Amen. And so there was a question that that that, that kind of came to to mind as I as, as I thought about the series and, and, and where we've where we've gone. We we, we talked about it, and just in this tough subject of bringing out the best that we want to be able to discipline our children, which has to do with correction. We want to be able to develop our children, and then we want to be able to do what disciple our children. So we've talked. Uh, so far about how we discipline them and now we're here to talk about how we develop them. But again, having that overall perspective should help the objective of what we're trying to do. They should know, as should you, that dis- discipline and development and discipleship is the what? It's the goal. 
Amen. And then we talked about the fact that we want to be able to build uh, that 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 the chastisement that God gives in Hebrews chapter 12. And we talked about this. It's the same thing in terms of objective that the 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 uh, chastisement is to build a character so that you can do what? Run the course. Amen. And so, again, that Hebrews 12 passage is is just absolutely beautiful and laying out for us the objective of what's trying to what God is trying to do with us. He says, I have to chastise you. I have to give you a course correction because that course correction will allow you to build your character and that character will allow you to do what? Run the run the course. And so that brought that brought to mind for me a question. And I don't know what time horizon you want to look out over. The younger your children are, maybe the longer the, the time horizon will be around this question. Uh, but what do you want your children to look like in 25 years? What do you want them to look like in 15 years, in 20 years? And, and if they're still in your, if they're still in your house as young people, uh, I guess pick a horizon that goes on and says, you know, what do I want them to look like when they're, when they're adults, when they're 25 and 30 years old? What, when I look back, what, what will I be able to say has occurred or not occurred that would make me say, I did my job? I feel good about the job I did. I feel good about the effort that I made because I can look at my children and I see certain markers. I see certain milestones that have occurred in their in their lives. And I want to be able to to say that that I I did my best and that my best was good enough. Amen. So what do you want your children to look like? Are you visualizing them? I know part of the visualization for every parent, regardless, is that when you visualize them in those years, they're not living in your house. I mean, that that that's true. And I don't I don't know why that is such a big deal for us. But it is we we love you, but we don't want to live with you in, in, in that way, because that means that that there may have been something that has it has gotten sidetracked. I mean, of course, living with your parents for, for, uh, or some period of time, it, there's no, there's nothing wrong with that. It just depends on why. But in the mind of a parent, you're not living with us. You're living out on your own. You're doing well. You probably have what? You have a job, uh, not just a job, but you're, you're starting a career and, it, and there's a difference, amen, between having a job and having a career, amen. But you're hopeful that your child has a career. You're hopeful that your child is, is probably in a, in a, in a positive relationship with somebody and, and on course to, to, to be able to start a family of their own. You're, you're hopeful that they have no doubt graduated from college or, or or doing something positive in terms of making an impact on the world around them. And most importantly, I would think you want to be able to see them walking with the Lord. You want them to be, you want them to be walking with the Lord. And if some of these other things are not in place yet, but they're walking with the Lord. I think you'll be excited about that picture of your child. So again, think about that picture in your mind. And again, this is, I don't want to say homework for you, but just something for you to meditate on. We, you know, and for those of us to, that have grown children, how close are we to what we, what we imagine and what we picture? Kim and I got some yesterday confirmation of something that's so powerful, I guess, as, as a parent yesterday, 
Kyle's uh, degree from Duke came in the mail. Amen. So he, he, he graduated. So, so for us, definitely in our picture, when they were grown, all four of them had graduated from college. We've done that. So we can hold on one sec. Me high five my baby. We, 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 we had a part to play in that. Plus the, the fact that two of them have graduate degrees and, and Kristen's getting a PhD. So, so something in that we did in terms of emphasis of education and somehow harnessing their free will. Come on somebody. Harnessing and redirecting and, and directing some kind of way. But that's, that's an important thing usually for a parent. Amen. If they're, they're out of your house and they're gainfully employed and they're building their careers, those kind of things, those things are important. But there's some spiritual things that we want to be able uh, to 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 see. And again, when we talk about discipline and development, now we're going to talk about the development because development has to do with their character. You let me say it like this. You better be concerned about that character. And I liken it to. The boat that they have. Amen. This is, this is critical. You know, there are certain boats that are built for certain purposes. Paddle boats. That's, paddle boat is cute. It's nice. It's, it's, it's for dates on Lake Michigan. I mean, on, on the lagoon at, at, at Lincoln Park or something. That's a paddle boat. There, there could be a boat that's called a dinghy boat, which is the, which is the boat that you take out if you're in the harbor. That's the boat that you take out to the bigger boat. Amen. But dinghies and, and paddle boats can't, can't leave calm waters. Amen. You need your child to have the kind of boat that can endure on the rough seas. Amen. This is, you need them to have a boat that can make it that can make it out of the harbor, the kind of boat that can that can uh, be able to navigate on the Mediterranean Sea or navigate in, in, in one of the oceans. And the, and the challenge is the larger the boat that you have, the higher it's rated in terms of being able to withstand the wind and the waves. And if you've got a 15 foot boat and you're out in high seas, you're going to have a rough go of it. Amen. And the only thing that somebody who owns a boat would tell you is when it gets to this kind of weather and you got a 15 foot boat i'm sorry the only thing you can do to be able to endure so that you're not getting seasick that you're not getting tossed and turned and everything is happening to you the only thing you can do is get yourself a bigger boat it's the only thing you can do because a 15 foot boat's not going to do it for these kind of seas and this kind of this kind of way you need a 30 foot boat or a 45 foot boat so anyway you've got to be able to get a bigger boat that's what we're trying to do as parents we're trying to get them the biggest boat that they can so that they can endure life's rough waters because life is not like the Lincoln Park Lagoon life is not like the Monroe Harbor when everything is nice and the waves are calm life is rough the seas are rough they toss and they turn and the only way you can endure the only way you can navigate beloved is get yourself a boat that's big enough to handle the wind and the waves that's character we can't send them out into the world with paddle boats we just can't do it why because they won't make it and they'll be right back in the harbor right back in the lagoon and the lagoon because that is not where life is happening 
that boat will get swamped. So you got to get yourself a bigger boat. And character, beloved, is the bigger boat. And so you've got to ask yourself three questions. Three questions are really, really critical when you think about the picture of your child in your mind. And it's the same picture hmm, or the same exercise, if you will, that God will go through as a parent. It says, where do I want them? I know what's coming. I know life is rough. And the first thing is, <laughs> dear God, when the seas get rough, if you don't have Jesus in your boat, because if your boat is being rocked by the wind and the waves and you don't quite have what you need to endure, it is always good to have somebody in your boat that can stand up and speak to the wind and the waves and literally say, peace, be still. Amen. And so the part of that having that character uh, 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 development for your child and that character development for you is you have to be a part of the body of Christ. And so what character traits do you want your child to possess? What character traits do you want them to possess? What core values do you want them to confess? And what capabilities do you want them to express? Very three, three very critical questions that we'll deal with. Just we're going to start just dealing with the first one today, but that's it. What character traits do you want your child to possess? Then what core values do you want them to confess? Again, objectively, what what do you want them to state that? That there, that is important to them. You have to have core values. We have core values as a church. You know, and it, and it helps to guide us. Ours are participatory and contemporary worship, use and discovery of spiritual gifts, revolutionary preaching and teaching at every member, a minister, or a missionary. We know what our core values are. Amen. So objectively, that's what we're trying to get done and accomplish as a, as a church body. You have to be able to say that's at least directionally what we're trying to get done. Amen. You have to know directionally what core values do you want them to confess? And then what capabilities do you want them to express? What resources, what are, uh, what, you know, you want them to be resourceful and articulate and decisive, whatever it is, you got to be able to say what capabilities and directionally you and I need to be able to move them towards that. That is our job. It's not just discipline, which is the course correction. It's development, which has everything to do with the characters. That's why we're in Galatians chapter five. That's why we're talking about what? The fruit of the spirit. That's why we're there. Because I cannot find a better place in scripture that shows what kind of character we should have as believers, amen, as children of God than to look at what God says I want you to be able to develop by the power of the Holy Spirit and have the fruit of the Spirit. So the fruit is Holy Spirit generated and it's Holy Spirit directed. Amen. And therefore, that's why you must live by the Spirit and you must be able to abide in the vine if you want to be what? Fruitful. Look at Galatians. He says, so I say, verse 16, that's why we put that in. So I say, live by the spirit 
and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature for the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the spirit and the spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are what? They're in conflict with each other so that you do not do what you want. That's that's right back to Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 7 when he says, Oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? The things that I want to do, those are the things I don't do. And the things that I don't want to do, those are the things that I do. It's like I'm in constant conflict with myself. The enemy is in inner me. Amen. It's it's my fleshly desire. It's warring against my my desire to live by the spirit. But he says you have to be able to walk by the spirit. Therefore, you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. You have to understand the stakes. We have to understand the battle. And if we want to be able to develop the fruit of the spirit, we have to live by the spirit. And if you're going to live by the spirit, that means you have to possess the spirit. So you have to be a part of the kingdom of God or you cannot develop the character that God desires. And so the most important thing we can do is put our children in the game. We can't literally, let me back up. We can't put them in the game, but we can put them on game. This is where you want to be. There's no other way to lead. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there's no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. There's one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. We've got to be able to be talking kingdom all the time so that they can get in the game. One of the great pieces of news that I heard a few weeks ago was from Colin and Tony Husbands who let me know that their son Carter confess Christ as his his personal savior a few weeks ago. Amen. Carter's in the game now. Amen. That's the most exciting news that you can have as a parent. More than being able to say that all, all four of our kids graduated from college. That's beautiful. Mm, that's beautiful. It's more important to be able to say all four of our children have professed Jesus Christ as personal savior and are working out their salvation with fear and trembling. You want to be able to say that first and foremost. Amen. So again, that has everything to do with character development. And it's about the fruit of the spirit. And that fruit of the spirit is, is, is generated and directed by the Holy Spirit. That's why it says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace and patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There are nine fruits of the Spirit. Amen. The fruit of the Spirit in, 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 in these, in these verses, there's really nine kind of character traits that we want to be able to look at and be able to say, I want to see myself develop as God's child and I want to see my child develop not only as my child but more importantly as whose child they're they're God's child too amen that's God's child and so God desires for all of us to be able to develop these fruits of the spirit but you and I will never be fruitful if we don't do what abide now we're talking about John chapter 15 Now we're talking about Jesus saying, remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the what? Branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit for apart from me. He can do nothing. 
Amen. So we have to be, we got to be in the game. And then secondly, we got to be in the vine. And we have to remain there. It's so important directionally for us to be able to do that. And so the question is, what character traits do you want your child to possess? That's another way of saying, who do you want her to be? When you ask a child what they want to be, when they grow up, they always answer it incorrectly. What do you want to be when you grow up? I want to be a doctor. I didn't ask you what you wanted to do when you grew up. I asked you what you wanted to be. And if we get that answer wrong, we'll get it wrong the rest of our lives. It's, it's not about who, what you do is not who you are. Amen. Our answer for our children and our answer for you and me, what do you want to be in five years? I want to be a man of God. I want to be about the kingdom business. That's who I want to be. What I do has everything to do with my job. But in this society, we always conflate what we do for a living with who we are. And that is not what God is doing. God does not conflate the two at all, which how you earn, how you earned on your grind has nothing to do necessarily with who you are as a person. Amen. Because many times, many times we are raising Successful failures. We're raising successful failures. Because if you are blessed by God, but have no character, you are in a very vulnerable place. Let let, let me tell you what I'm talking about. And I know you remember this. But you don't want to be blessed by God and have no what? Character. Sorry, I'm going to get it from here. I got to go with the King James. I want you to just turn to Deuteronomy chapter 8. And don't worry, we'll just stop when we stop. Because there's another part. Be, y'all be saying part four tomorrow. I mean, next time. I mean, don't, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Deuteronomy chapter 8 shows us what happens or what could potentially happen when you are blessed by God but don't have character. I'm describing that as a successful failure. In Deuteronomy chapter 8, God is, is getting ready to take them into the, into the land. And he says, for the Lord thy God will bring you into a good land, a land of brooks and fountains and depths and springs out of valleys and a land of wheat and barley and vines and fig trees, a land with that thou shalt eat bread without scarceness and thou won't lack anything in the land. And when thou hast eaten, verse 10, and are full, then thou shalt bless the Lord thy God for the good land which he hath given to thee. But here it is in verse 11. Beware that thou forget not the Lord thy God in keeping his commandments and his judgments and his statutes, which I commanded thee this day. Lest when ye eat and are full, come on somebody, and has built goodly houses and you've dwelt in there. And when your herds and your flocks multiply and you start getting paid and you get the new job and the new pr- promotion and you get the car that you were always dreaming about as a young person. And when that happens and when you get the, the new apartment 
apartment or the condo in Bronzeville and, and you're living in the South Loop or you bought your first house. When all of that happens and your gold is multiplied, then thy heart shall be lifted up and thou shalt forget the Lord thy God, which brought thee out of the land of Egypt, who led thee through this great and terrible wilderness. And thou shalt say in thine heart, my power and the might of my hand hath gotten me this wealth. And it shall be if thou do forget the Lord thy God and walk after other gods and serve them and worship them. I testify you against you this day that ye shall surely perish successful failure because if you're blessed of God and you don't have character there's three things that that scripture text tells you will happen the first thing is you will disregard God amen you will fail to acknowledge him as the provider of everything that has taken place you will disregard God the second thing you'll do is you'll deny God you'll forget to serve him look at verses 11 through 14 you'll be so busy enjoying your new blessings you won't even come to church no more Even though you were raised in church, even though you were exposed to the things of the kingdom, even though you have made a confession of faith as a young person, but somehow because now that you, you, you're getting paid a little bit and you you got a little bit as the, as the old, got a little bit of something going on in your life. You got a little bit of position. You did graduate from college and you have made some successful strides, but if you disregard God and then you deny God, then the the worst thing is you'll begin to defraud God. Amen. And when I say defraud God, that means you'll take credit for what God has allowed you to accomplish. You'll start to say my power and the might of my hand got me this wealth. And if you do that, when you defraud God, what you're defrauding him of is his glory. And God said in Isaiah 42, my name is, I am the Lord. That is my name. And my glory, I will not share with another. Glory is what's due him. Glory is what's due him. That's why it said in, in, the, in that, in that verse, it says you should, you should look up and you should be able to say, when thou hast eaten in our food, then thou shalt bless the Lord thy God for the good which he hath given thee. When you don't do that, you deny God and you disregard God and then you defraud God. And then verse 19 says you will destroy yourself. If we're raising kids, that get this wrong, they're successful failures. But there's another level, and it's called raising a successful success. It's not either or, it's and and both. We want to be able to have our kids achieve this. And in this particular instance, the the children of Israel needed to understand how much of God's hand was on them that allowed them to do what they've done. Amen. You put yourself in a place where you're raising your children up so that they'll be able to have, as the scripture says, their, their gold multiplied and their flocks multiplied and their silver multiplied. All of those things we want. We want increase. We want to be able to see them do well, but we do not want them to be blessed of God and have no character. That's like having a paddle boat out in the middle of the ocean and you know what's going to happen. It's going to get swamped and they're not going to make it. They'll perish. 
And we would have not done our jobs if we don't develop them. And so what character traits do you want your child to possess? I'm encouraging us to look at Galatians chapter five and see these nine attributes and these nine character traits that are right there in scripture that are are uh, a good base for us to, to talk about. And that's what we're going to talk about. That's what we're going to talk about the next time for the for the most part. But there's some other things, too, directionally that you might be able to to, to, to put on your list to, to think about it. I always wanted to raise and it's 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 it's, it's kind of always, you know, these things are not called out specifically in the in the fruit of the spirit. But I always want to be able to say I raised kids that were polite. Polite kids are. That's a nice thing to, to be able to to have your kids say please and, and thank you. And then when somebody hands them something or does something for them that you don't have to smack them in the back of the head. Did you hear what Mr. Rupert said to you? He just. Oh, uh, thank you, Mr. Rupert. Yeah. You, you want them to be able to just say automatically. Thank you. You want them to be able to say that, that, that when somebody gives them a card or a gift or something happens that they know that it, that's polite. Polite kids are, are, that that brings a smile to a parent's face and it warms the heart. If you don't have to say anything and your child says something before you do, you look like, that's my boy right there. They had to do it with you too. You be out all day hanging out with them, take them to the movies, take them to play, take them to get something to eat, and they just roll back in the house and don't say anything. That's terrible. Did did, did you realize that, that dad was out with you all, all day today? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Thank you. No, you, you want them to be polite. You want them to be respectful. Hey, Amen. Respectful to adults. You want them to be, at least I would think, you want them to be thoughtful. Amen. To be thoughtful, particularly with, with, with you, you go all out on, on, let's say like Kevin Hart, so you go all out, I go all out on your birthday, and then when my birthday comes, you give me a, a box, box full of high fives that you printed on the thing. He said, I don't want these box full of high fives, I want something good like I gave you something good. Amen. But just to be thoughtful and to be attentive, amen. To be as God would want us to be obedient, amen, to be trustworthy. And, and for me, this is, this is really, again, this is all biblical stuff to be excellent. Daniel six and three. And this Daniel was preferred because it was found an excellent spirit on him. And the king sought to set him over the whole realm was killing our kids is mediocrity. Mediocrity. Just getting by. I'll just get a C. I'll just do just enough to stay eligible to play. I'll do mediocrity is killing our kids. We need to be about the business of being excellent. Daniel was excellent. Amen. And there's a pattern that we're not going to deal with to talk about today that, that shows us what it means to be excellent biblically. And Daniel was that. That's a great pattern of scripture for us. But again, to be polite and respectful and thoughtful and attentive and obedient and trustworthy and excellent. Add some things to that for your list. Add some things. You say, when I look at my kids in 10 years and 15 years or when they're grown, I want to be able to look back and say that the, they were these things. Amen. But if you listen, listen, 
here's here's the here's the challenge with that. They need to see what you want them to be. They need to see it. You can't be a man unless you see a man. Amen. That's a that's an old adage, and it's it's, it's true. You they they need to your children need to see. So, doggone it! You know what that means? If you want them to be or possess these character traits, they need to see them. That means you need to be them too. Do as I do, not just as I say. It's got to be do as I do. That's First Corinthians chapter eleven and verse one, which says what the apostle Paul was very clear. He said, "Imitate me." As I imitate Christ, the best example is if we want them to model and and possess the fruit of the spirit and grow and increase in that, we need to show them what that looks like. Amen. They need to see it. There's a quote by by James Baldwin, and I wrote it. I wrote it down that that that's just so, so powerful. He says this children have never been good, never been very good at listening to their elders, but they have never failed to imitate them. Children have never been good at listening to their elders, but they have never failed to imitate them. You have to understand they will see something and they will imitate it. They'll pick it up whether you see it or not. So those bad things that, that you and I will do and those things that we're not necessarily trying to emphasize, we emphasize we won't emphasize them with our lips, but our lives always emphasize them. There's a story of a of a <laughs> a joking story of a a, a young kid who uh, was in school, and the, the father was called down to the the office. Uh, the principal called him in, and he says, "Listen, we're having a problem with with Johnny. He's 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 been stealing people's supplies. He keeps stealing pencils and erasers and." And other things from all of the other kids. And the father, of course, was, you know, shocked, you know, clutched the pearls. It's like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to deal with this when I get home. So he sees his son. He says, son, why are you stealing all of these supplies from these other kids? I steal plenty of stuff from work for you so that you don't have to do this. Here are all the pencils and you, you, we got all I got all that from work. I got that all ready for you. And you wonder why he's stealing if he knows that you're stealing. Amen. So they, again, that's what James Baldwin is saying. They may not be good at listening, but they'll never fail to imitate you. Amen. And so they have to see what you want them to be. That is the rub. That is the challenge of this, what? This, this, um, uh, development of character. We talk about those character traits. And so we need to demonstrate and show the fruit of the spirit. And again, by their fruit, ye shall know them. And so again, we can't talk the talk. We got to literally walk to walk, walk to walk. And here are these nine character traits that we really must, must have. And, and I'll just deal with this first one and then we'll stop. But we need to take our cue from God because God is our example. The first thing is, and we've spent weeks talking about this, weeks and weeks and weeks. But the fruit, the first fruit of the spirit is what? Love. Love. 
God is a God of love. And so again, God is encouraging us to do what? Be like him. He says, I'm a God of love. Therefore, one of the fruits of the spirit and the first one that the apostle Paul mentions is that base foundational fruit, which is love. He says, I'm up all about the business of love. I need you to be about the business of love. And God demonstrated his own love for us. And that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Ephesians two and four says, but because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, did what he did for us. And Romans chapter five and verse five says, and hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit, whom he has given us. Again, we're talking about agape love, that divine love, which is unmerited and it's great and it's transforming and it's unchangeable. Who shall separate us? From the love of God shall tribulation or distress or, or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword. As it is written, we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor things to come nor nor or, nor uh, 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 powers or, or things nor height nor depth nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in. Christ Jesus, our Lord God says, I am a God of love. I want you to build up the fruit of the spirit, which is about the business of love. And that's what we want to see in our children. We want them first and foremost to be loving. And they need to see us be loving and reflect the love that God has for them. Imitate me as I imitate Christ. We don't want to raise children that are hateful. We want to raise children that are loving. And part of being loving is I understand what God has done with his love for me. That love that is unmerited. That love that that love that is unchanging, that love that is transforming of my life. And if I can be loved with a love that cannot be gained, I also know it's a love that cannot be lost. That's a secure love. We've got to show them that and demonstrate that we have that kind of love for them. And God has that kind of love for them. So, again, as we pause here and we think about next week and we think about these character traits and we think about what we want our children to be. We want them to be loving and joyful and peaceful and patient and kind and good and faithful and gentle and self-controlled. We'll explore that a little bit more in detail, but you know where I'm going with this thing. What character traits do you want them to possess? And if you don't talk about it and you don't make it an objective, it's less likely to happen. If it's not a target, then you won't even know if you're facing in the right direction to hit the target. We want to hit this target and we want to hit it dead center. And we need to, if we're going to help them hit it dead center, that means the best way to do that is for us to be hitting it dead center. Because they need to see what we want them to be. And if we want them to have a bigger boat, we need to have a bigger boat as well. Amen. Amen.